I'm Gabby and welcome to No Filter with Kobo. On today's episode, we'll share unfiltered information about two big trends in the cosmetic market, clean and natural beauty. Do they mean the same thing? How to know if a product is really clean or natural? Being labeled as clean or natural means it's a more sustainable product? Well, my two guests today will help us with these questions and more. We'll have here Jiha Andraji, Technical Service and Formulation Specialist. Hi, Jiha. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. It's good to be here. Also with us, Pascal Dehier, Director of Scientific Marketing. Hello, Pascal. Pleasure to have you here. Hi, Gabby. Thanks for inviting me. It's good to be here, too. It's good to have you both. Pascal, I'll start with you. The title of this podcast is, Is it clean or is it natural? What this means, are natural and clean the same thing or not? Well, that's a good question. That's actually the uh, the title of the podcast, right? Yeah. So the short answer is no, they are not. Can we go now? <laughs> um, so not let, yet. Let's develop you, a little bit, okay? Yeah, you need yeah. to give me more. Okay, I'm going to develop. Um, both the uh, natural and the clean uh, trends, and we're going to to call them trends. You did call them trends, actually, in the your introduction, even though they have been um, around for so long that, in particular, the uh, natural one, that I think there are more segments of the market than uh, than real trends. But okay, let's continue um, uh, using this uh, this word. Uh, both are really part of the uh, same overall movement. Uh, consumers now uh, are looking more closely to what they are using, putting on their skin, how the uh, different ingredients could potentially impact their health in the long term uh, in particular. Also, there are uh, today very um, important ideas about protection of the environment, sustainability, ethical concerns. So all, uh, all these is really part of the same movement. So that's why um, both natural and clean could be a little bit confusing. Of course, all this, uh, say for the skin, say for the environment, sustainable, ethical, all, all these is, is a very good movement. Um, and we need to push in this uh, direction even more. And I think the industry is, is pushing in this uh, direction. But uh, you could also question why really these trends are part of the, uh, the movement. In particular, why would a natural ingredient necessarily be better, safer, more sustainable, more ethical than a synthetic one? As I always say, there's really nothing in a cosmetic personal care formula that is totally natural. Um, a plant extract has to be, by definition, extracted from the plant. So it means the plant is transformed. Uh, you can't put a plant directly in a jar and call that a, uh, a cosmetic product. So one or more ingredients uh, have to be isolated and the process of obtaining uh, the ingredient becomes in a way more important than how natural the ingredient is and you have to include that in a definition of natural if you want to uh, to have a natural part of the overall safer uh, movement. And of course, you uh, need to have ingredients with 
acceptable performance for the formula because it's not uh, only uh, having uh, something uh, natural safe that is important. You need the formula to do what you claim it's it's doing. Um, in a way, clean is a uh, is even more difficult to define because um, you know it seems uh, to to be starting as a uh, holistic approach and then ends as a uh, list of products that are considered not clean, a dirty list, uh, as uh, one company put it, a list of ingredients we don't want to see in a formula. So how do you decide what is clean and what is not? Uh, really changes uh, depending on uh, who you ask. Uh, but clean, contrary to natural, uh, includes uh, synthetic ingredients that are considered uh, safe and um, ethical, uh, sustainable, uh, safe for the environment, etc. So in a way, the difference between the two approaches is that natural is more concerned about the origin of the ingredient and how it, it was um, made, produced, and clean uh, looks uh, more at the uh, safety of the uh, of the product, which can be uh, natural or synthetic. Okay, I think that was a good start. I want to dig deeper into some things that you mentioned. I want to move to Jihan now. Pascal said some things about uh, being clean and safe for the environment and sustainable. But what about natural? Are they always sustainable? Uh, sustainable practices are not related only to natural, but defined through the interconnected domains of environment, economy, and society, which can be expressed in ethical source ingredients, uh, fair, fair trade, low carbon and water footprint, uh, pollution prevention, and circular economy. It involves to take a systemic view and new ways of thinking about old processes. Natural resources are limited and there is a concern that many of them uh, can be depleted faster than can, than can be replaced. Also, if we take uh, plant ingredients as the example, in order to produce large amounts, considering the technology we have today, land is needed which could be a problem if the whole market decides to use only plant ingredients and finished products. This way, sustainability uh, is related to a smart use of the resources to support both present and future generations. In addition, we can mention the social equity dimension of sustainability with the already much known examples of natural ingredients with unethical uh, sourcing as shea butter and mica which has been involved in inhuman practices. So work with fair trade principles is also part of the sustainable development. With that said, the answer is no, not all natural or natural origin ingredients uh, can be considered sustainable. Okay, and digging a little deeper into this topic, natural and sustainability, can we say that the minerals which are obviously considered natural. Uh, are they sustainable? Uh, Pascal, can you help us with this one? Okay, I'm going to try. Um, first of all, um, and, and Chiara already mentioned that, but uh, we have to talk about the difference between what is natural 
uh, ingredients extracted and uh, from a natural source and then transformed uh, through a very limited number of processes and then natural origin which are uh, made with uh, raw materials that are natural not derived from oil or uh, not synthetic um, if we talk about nat uh, minerals uh, let's take uh, mica uh, mica uh, for instance is natural uh, mica is mined and only physically transformed uh, to turn a rock, which would not be very uh, convenient in a, uh, in a cosmetic formula, into a powder with the appropriate characteristics that we know of mica, um, you know, the, uh, the capacity to, uh, to reflect uh, light and, uh, and, the, and the tactile properties. Others, on the contrary, like iron oxides, are of natural origin. They are transformed. Uh, that is because uh, natural origin taken directly from the ground and we are surrounded really by uh, iron oxides. Uh, you can go to uh, in the US um, to uh, Arizona, for instance, and you'll see all these uh, red rocks and that's iron oxides uh, for you. Um, but if you take iron oxide directly from the ground, it will be contaminated with impurity, heavy metals, uh, for instance. And when I mean contaminated, I mean naturally contaminated, not by uh, human pollution. So, uh, so you have to transform uh, this, and therefore iron oxides are of natural origin. Uh, of course, we're not going to run out of iron. Our planet uh, is made of iron, so I would say it's a pretty sustainable source. Um, on the contrary, if you take uh, silica. Uh, we've been using plastic microspheres, uh, you know, uh, 5 to 20 microns, small uh, spherical particles for a decade um, with um, synthetic polymers uh, like uh, nylon, PMMA to enhance the, uh, the feel of formulas, other benefits. But they are uh, now sometimes considered microplastics and they are uh, phased out of a lot of uh, uh, formulas. Um, so one very good uh, substitute for these uh, synthetic polymer microspheres is silica microspheres. Um, they are made of uh, silicon dioxide, silica, and in terms of availability, cost, uh, efficacy, they are very good substitutes. Uh, the source of silica is a very natural source. It's sand. But the problem is that nowadays there is a sand shortage. So much so that the uh, United Nations have set, a, set up a global sand observatory as part of uh, UNEP, the uh, Environment Program of the uh, United Nations, on the sustainability issue of sand extraction and use, their words. Um, of course, cosmetic use of silica is only a very tiny little fraction of the global use of uh, silica, you know, uh, construction, uh, uh, metal uh, casting, glass, etc. But then there's a question, is silica really sustainable? I'm not really sure. Uh, another good example is uh, zinc oxide. And uh, Gabby, you discussed this uh, during the uh, last podcast on zinc oxide and sunscreens. And mm -hmm. our followers really should uh, listen to this uh, episode if they're interested in. But in short, uh, the question here could be uh, in energy consumption and CO2 release to make uh, ZNO, which is of uh, natural origin. 
So this has to be monitored and probably improved to uh, to make uh, ZNO more sustainable than it, it is uh, today. Okay, based on what you both said, I can guess that natural is not necessarily sustainable, could be, but not necessarily. And considering this, what is a natural product after all? Good question. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> there's really no easy uh, to use definition of what a natural is. As I said before, uh, you also have the, uh, the concept of uh, natural origin or naturally uh, derived. There are different ways uh, natural product uh, claims can be uh, evaluated. Uh, the first one is really a legal one. Uh, so it's not regulation, but jurisprudence, and in particular, class action lawsuits. Uh, there have been quite a few of these in the U.S. in uh, recent years, um, uh, claiming that uh, uh, products um, with uh, natural or nature on their label is not really uh, made with uh, natural uh, ingredients. Uh, there's, uh, for instance, one that is uh, still pending, if I understand correctly, where the, uh, the plaintiff uh, argued that a shampoo uh, contained, and I quote, and I requote, non-natural and synthetic ingredients, harsh and potentially harmful ingredients and are substantially unnatural, which is kind of an interesting and, and in my opinion, false idea Then natural equals safe and synthetic is necessarily harmful. But that's a different uh, problem. Uh, the label on this shampoo claimed that the product was from nature. So it seems the court has now dismissed the case, but the class members may have another go at it. So it's a very difficult way to decide because uh, you have to go to court and you, know, you never know how it's going to, uh, to turn. But um, uh, what is natural or not uh, could be decided by uh, this way. In the U.S. Uh, also, there was a bill introduced in two, uh, 2019, the uh, Natural Cosmetic Act. Um, and this bill defined the, which formula can claim natural on their label. Um, for instance, they say it should contain at least 70% of natural substances other than water and salt. And they also do define what a natural ingredient and natural derived or um, natural origin, same thing, uh, ingredients are, including, as we say at the beginning, allowed processes to obtain these ingredients. So it's a very interesting document, but unfortunately, it hasn't been voted upon yet. And I don't know if it will be enacted in the two at all or, or when. Uh, then there are different companies, certifiers, that will certify ingredients as being a natural or natural origin. They also work on uh, organic, but that's not the point here. For instance, in, in Europe, there are several certification organizations like EcoCert, Cosmebio, BDA, uh, IH, ICA, um, the sort of organization. And these organizations have grouped together to set a standard. So each have their own standard and they also have the new standard, Cosmos. To be certified, an ingredient has to go through a process of, put, you have to put it together a dossier sent to them. It has to be reviewed, it has to be approved. Um, Cosmos is today the probably the most followed certification for natural ingredients and, and natural formula. 
The difficulty for producers and manufacturers of ingredients like us is that it's a very long process, is very time consuming, and of course uh, it has a cost. So it's difficult to get Cosmos approval for all ingredients that could be approved. Now, uh, the International Organization for Standardization has recently introduced uh, ISO 16128 standard. ISO is a non-governmental organization. So like the certifiers, their standard is not regulation or law, but it is this uh, new ISO uh, standard in a way a game changer because the standard uh, shows how to calculate a natural index and a natural origin index as well, depending on, co on composition and process. It's a relatively easy to calculate uh, index um, even though I'm, I'm sure my colleagues who are uh, in, in technical service were actually making the calculation, will debate that. But it can be done uh, for all ingredients. Uh, for instance, at Kobo, we offer an ISO uh, 16128 index for all ingredients we consider natural or natural origin when we only have a limited number of ingredients that are either EcoCert or Cosmos approved because of the length of the, uh, the EcoCert Cosmos um, approval uh, process. Naturally, not everyone likes the ISO standard and in particular, and not surprisingly, the uh, certifiers. So for instance, uh, Cosmebio, uh, which is part of the uh, Cosmos standard, has a page on their website about uh, ISO 16128. Um, they explain they withdrew from the ISO working group and reject the term consensus to qualify the uh, decision process of ISO because they were not part of it. As an example, uh, they mentioned that ISO doesn't have any blacklisted ingredient list, and that's true. With ISO, every ingredient can have an ISO index, and you can calculate it, and well, it could be zero if it is a synthetic uh, ingredient. I consider this an advantage because you know exactly where you are at with every single ingredient. When uh, with uh, certification, you have to build a dossier and then uh, get an answer, yes or no. Uh, they also mentioned, for instance, that ISO doesn't take into account if an ingredient is uh, GMO or not. So in any case, I think ISO and certifications, uh, they represent different levels of definition of what natural and natural origin are. Um, and we, we use that at COBO uh, both depending on the cases. Yeah, sounds uh, confusing, I would say. Uh, there are, as you mentioned, a lot of ways to classify and, all, and a lot of levels. Uh, to classify what natural is, but thanks for giving us an overview of uh, all those uh, methods and ways to classify. Now I want to go back to clean beauty since we talked a lot about natural. If we look online and search for clean beauty, we're gonna see there are a lot of blacklists and banned ingredients out there. Instead of a more let's put it a holistic approach and a positive view of what ingredients are safe, effective, etc. Why do you think we are moving towards more blacklists and more of a negative view instead of a positive one? 
Well, that's part of the issue with the uh, the clean movement, but I, I think it's uh, it's it, it, it's a it's practical, uh, re really. Um, uh, it's easier to uh, to to publish a uh, a list of um, you know a bunch of uh, ingredients that are banned, um, blacklisted, than than describe what uh, ideally the ingredients uh, could be. Uh, in any case, I think the uh, the clean movement is it's still a very important, uh, very uh, very important, very very interesting uh, trend. And in my view, but I'm a chemist, uh, more so than uh, than the natural trend because it directly addresses the question of uh, safety, sustainability, and we've seen uh, that natural doesn't necessarily addresses um, um, th this question. Um, there are. Part of the, well, the difficulty with uh, clean is is that there are many, as you uh, mentioned, uh, clean uh, lists, or many lists of non-clean uh, material. If I uh, can uh, use this word, uh, ingredients that should be banned. Uh, so, as you said, it's a it's a negative view of the uh, the movement. I have checked about ten of uh, such uh, lists published by different companies when researching for our own uh, definition of uh, clean. And there are differences between each other. Um, if you want a few examples, uh, Wall Food uh, Beauty uh, places uh, synthetic uh, fluorophagopite, synthetic mica, in their list of 100 plus banned ingredients, at least when uh, at the time when I uh, reviewed it. Um, when others like Sephora, or the uh, credo, the uh, dirty list, uh, accept it. Um, another example, uh, silicones. I mean, linear silicones, the uh, cyclic ones are, um, well, uh, there are regulations about, uh, about them. Um, there are also difference for uh, linear silicones. Uh, the dirty list even places linear silicones in a list of, as they call it, other ingredients you may be wondering about. They don't ban them, but they um, uh, they put it in in a, a in a separate category. Another good example is carmine. Um, carmine, as you know, is a natural colorant, and there are not so many approved natural colorants. But it it's also natural, but it's animal derived from an insect. So some uh, clean uh, lists will ban it. Some have absolutely nothing to say about it. Therefore, it's approved, accepted uh, as a clean in ingredient. And again, Credo places it it's in the uh, other ingredients uh, category. So again, I'm sorry, but again, it's extremely confusing because everybody has its own uh, idea about what is uh, clean. Um, interestingly, uh, Sephora, um, which is probably one of the most uh, followed, one of the most followed um, uh, uh, companies uh, having, uh, you know, in this uh, uh, clean beauty uh, movement, where they recently revised their webpage on uh, clean beauty. Um, they still have the, uh, the clean section, as they mentioned, brands formulating without, and they list a number of, uh, of ingredients that, uh, that should be banned, phthalates, uh, formaldehyde, etc. cetera. Uh, but they also have uh, added a clean plus, which I 
think is an interesting concept. Uh, as they say, clean brands focusing on climate commit commitments, sustainable sourcing, and then they list a number of uh, other things here. So they're going past the list of uh, banned ingredients, the negative part of the uh, clean movement, and they are adding sustainability, responsible sourcing to their clean definition. Uh, so they're going to the positive part of the uh, of the movement. Yeah, that's very interesting. Kind of going back to where it started, really. Very good. Uh, Jiha, I want to go back uh, to you and to discuss a little further the clean beauty. When we talk about clean beauty, usually we're talking about ingredients that are safe. But really, do we need that kind of definition? Shouldn't regulations already ban ingredients that are not safe? Well, for clean beauty, there is no uh, regulatory definition. And as Pascal mentioned, the brands have their own interpretation regarding to the ingredients that uh, is or that is not considered clean. Most of the references about clean beauty brings that the beauty industry lacks regulations, especially regarding to prohibited ingredients. Thus, the clean beauty movement uh, invites brands and consumers to take notice of the ingredients considered controversial. Uh, safety tests are performed to guarantee that the exposure to ingredients and the way they are used within the product are safe. However, uh, the tests are controlled and the sampling is small. When the product is launched to the market, the quantity of people that will use and this way that will be exposed to the ingredient or the product is higher. And besides its common customers, uh, use different cosmetics at the same time. So distinct reactions from those observed during the test can happen. Uh, for some of these controversial ingredients, there are insufficient uh, evidences that they are truly unsafe. But on the other hand, cosmetic science, uh, science in general, is evolving. The evaluation methods are improving, which leads to new data uh, discoveries and better understanding about the safety of the ingredients and finished products. And not only for human health, but for the environment as well. Talking about environmental safety, uh, some ingredients suspect to be harmful have been prohibited by law in some countries. For instance, the microbits used in rinse off products. Beyond that, there is the ICAS proposal for European Union to restrict uh, not only their use in rinse off, but microplastics intentionally added to live on products as well. Uh, and since the last year and on the beginning of this year, we also have seen laws coming into force prohibiting the use of some sunscreen filters suspect to be harmful for coral reefs uh, in regions subject to intense tourism. Great. Yeah, uh, we have seen some uh, regulations coming up that were in a way uh, created and looked after some concerns that we have seen uh, come up in the market. Jiha, I have another question for you. And I want to take your formulator uh, point of view. Uh, some of our listeners are probably formulators 
as well and are looking to create formulas that are considered clean and natural. What is your advice for them? I would say that it's important the company makes its own critical review of the publications and ingredients facts and be attentive to the official reports about safety as well as the post-market information of the cosmetic products in order to obtain data about eventual adverse reactions. For clean beauty, the company can create its own policy and communicate to customers about the decision of use or not uh, some ingredients. And for natural formulas, there are the certifications and the ISO uh, 16128 guidelines, uh, all of them already mentioned by Pascal. Uh, the crucial for both is being transparent about the claims and to adopt good practices in the value chain. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Being transparent actually is one of the values for the clean and natural beauty movement. Well, we reached the end of this episode and I want to thank Pascal and Jiha for sharing the point of view on these topics that are so important for today's cosmetic industry, but also generate a lot of confusion and misinformation as we have seen. It was really nice to have you here. Thank you very much, Gabby. It was fun to be, uh, to be here. We should do it again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It was a pleasure. And thank you for listening to us. If you want to know more about Kobo on the topics we discussed today, you can check the links in the description or also request a copy of the webinars and let's chat events that we have about clean and natural beauty. This podcast has been created by the content team at Kobo Products Inc., a raw material cosmetic manufacturer and distributor specializing in treated pigments and dispersions. Do not miss any new episodes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or the platform of your choice. You can also find searching at Kobo products on all social media platforms to receive the latest Kobo updates and send us any questions or comments about the episode. Until next time.